Maybe Ninia is on a different uh, type of Skype, or maybe British Skype is different. It sounds like a fake thing you just made up. Yeah, it is. Welcome to episode number 57 of the Filmed Insert Music Video Land podcast, brought to you by your very best friends, the ones you invite to your, your wedding, first on the list, at filmedinsert.com. My name is Adam, and then with me, as usual, is Mr. Doug Klinger in Boynton Beach, Florida. How are you, Doug? Doing super good, Adam. I really hope I get invited to some of these guys' weddings, some of the people, some of our listeners' weddings, guys and gals. Oh, uh, we get invited to so many weddings, and... Yeah. Different just, types of weddings too, and other legal events, uh, christenings and stuff. We appreciate all those. If there's not an open bar, though, we're not interested. So just putting that out there. And um, you know, speaking of being interested, I think you'll be interested in this week's podcast because we sure are. Or else we wouldn't have invited him on the invited him on the podcast. See how right. that works. It's, it is how it works. Because um, this week we're talking to Ninny and Doff, who I wanted to talk to for. Oh, a, a while and uh ninia is from the uk or britain or england or whatever you call it i think uh, some people over there are confused as to how that works but our first overseas interview we're very we're very excited about that yeah the, he lives in the uk right but he's of scottish descent is that right i believe yes um and you know you may recognize some of his videos such as governor for jj doom uh, Golden Tree from Martin Brooks, What'll It Take by Graham Coxton, and um, Sideways Glances and Coded Speech, also for uh, Fulton Lights. And Ninia is a really, uh, really talented director. We're, it was a lot of fun talking to him, especially because our Skype conversation was happening. The, the sound uh, waves were traveling underneath the ocean. That's the fun part about it. Gotta, but, gotta love when the sound waves travel. Can you tell me what ocean that was traveling under? The Atlantic Ocean. Mm. I couldn't have, so that's why I was asking. I wasn't quizzing you. I was literally, I literally didn't know. Hmm, that's Thanks. a little odd. It's a little disturbing. But Thanks, will... public school. <laughs> so uh, our interview with Ninian is coming up in the second half of our podcast here. But uh, one of the videos that uh, Ninian directed, What Will It Take by Graham Coxton, is a fan-submitted video, one of the few directors we've talked to who've directed fan-submitted videos. So we thought, what a great topic to talk about for this podcast, because fan-submitted videos are on the rise, and they're, 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 not, they're not just, they're, they don't just have one form. It's not one sort of fan-submitted video. There's all kinds. Yes, and, they, and I definitely agree that they are on the rise, um, kind of with interactive music videos and a lot of fan submitted videos um end up also being interactive videos as i think we should we should talk to but um first we should define what a fan submitted video is because i think that there's um there's a little gray area there because there are also 
fan-funded videos through Kickstarter and 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 websites like that. And I think that there's a distinction, an important distinction to make of what a fan-submitted video is or, or a fan-contributed video is. That's right. You know, there's fans get involved in a lot of different ways, but I think the main uh, thing that we can point to, the difference between a fan-submitted and, and otherwise fan-organized um, video is that the people who are kind of picking and choosing what's get what gets into the video and are sort of the organizers are the people who are officially representing the band such as a director or some sort of company uh it is not you know it's not open source in the sense that anybody can can just you know manipulate the video although that may may maybe somebody has done something like that but you know for these videos there's they still have directors uh, there's still somebody driving behind the wheel some kind of vetting process right. uh, um, of some sort, if, if not with the footage itself, maybe sometimes with the whole video in the case. Because sometimes, um, oftentimes, you'll find fans submitting videos <coughs> through contests, and sometimes uh, there, you know, a fan will be given a full track or um, just some stock footage to use, and then they're, you know, kind of given the the uh, the opportunity to kind of create their own whole a whole video, and then someone like Bjork will come in and uh, you know choose her favorite or 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 leave it to her fans to choose the favorite, and then that one is kind of crowned the winner. So that is definitely one one way. Um, more so in the past, obviously, I'm saying Bjork. She had uh, a contest on her website for uh, for her song Innocence, where she she ran a contest to to see who would direct that video, and I, I think that that's. That's one way that you'll see these fan submitted videos, but there there are some other ways that you're seeing uh, with with social media and and with interactive videos, and I think those are some of the a little bit more inclusive, and they involve a lot more people than just one guy who won won a contest. Right, I think there's um, a bit of an evolution here because we're seeing you know the basics all the way up to things that are just unbelievably complex. So I think it might be good to start at the basic ones, and those are ones where you say, and I, I don't mean basic in terms of they're less good, but in terms of um, you know technically they're they're just you know not as comp- complex. So I think a good example of a really basic one is Barenaked Ladies winded up. Uh, which was there was actually an official video for it that revolved around air guitar and an air guitar you know it was like a fictionalized narrative driven video and then they said you know fans of Barenaked Ladies uh, you know go ahead and, and just do whatever you you know film yourselves doing whatever you want but just make sure you're playing air guitar to this song wind it up and they got all the footage and then they just edited it together and it was a fan submitted video now there are some different, uh, you know, variations on that. One of them, like Metrics Synthetica, which is directed by Chris Lennox Smith, is one of those instances where it's a live performance, but they will give uh, the audience cameras, uh, white stripes to this for under Blackpool lights for their entire. Um, uh, actually, you know what they actually they sorry I, I walk that back. Uh, that is not the concert I'm thinking of, but uh, so artists have done that for different concerts for concert videos where they'll go ahead and, you know, give people different cameras or, or, or give them, you know, little cameras and then collect all the footage at the end. Um, in this case, this is a live acoustic performance at the Hotel Remington in New York City, and an audience members were given um, Xperia Ion smartphones uh, as part of a promotion to film the performance, and that the performance was cut together from audience-sourced video. 
because the you know the audience is kind of given the ability to kind of shoot kind of what they want and and, and take it on themselves to on what they want to shoot. It reminds me a little bit of what some of the what they do with OMG everywhere. Um, <laughs> Uh, but just through giving everyone cameras, but and then they give it, you know, and then and Chris Lennox Smith, of course, was responsible to kind of cut it and 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 make it look pretty and and uh, you know that that kind of end of it. Uh, and another way you see, and, and that's similar to the bare naked ladies example, is that fans are given you know just one frame, and that's kind of worked into the video somehow. Uh, there's a few examples of this. One is um, by an artist named Simon. I think it's Simon. Yeah, I'd say so. You, yeah, Simon seems about right. I don't think it's come on. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, what what Simon did was he uh, he he allowed users to go to a website and upload them reenacting a single frame from the video, and then that 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 picture would be inserted in the video instead of the original frame. And that that's an interactive video as it's kind of ongoing. You could continue to log onto that website and upload a picture of yourself and continue to see it. You know, kind of continue. Uh, you know, continue to see it happening, not just when it was original. You know, they didn't just take a bunch of fan pictures during the creation of the video and then put them in the video. You can continue to add yourself in there even today. So, if you wanted to do that, go check it out and put your face in the Simon video. And that that is not the one that uh, includes Instagram, right? That is, I, I believe that is the vaccines, where they were uh, fans were asked to take Instagram photos. At uh, you know, t- and tag them on Twitter, and then they would, and then they put, then they kind of edited that together in the music video. Yeah, that, see, that was one where I think they you could also tag on Instagram, and I think they tagged an Instagram, and then they would the the band kind of collected those pictures and then put them in the video. So there, the the content is still contributed by fans, but it wasn't like an interactive, ongoing thing like the Simon video. And I, I believe that there's a a Johnny Cash Chris Milk video. Uh, Ain't no grave is the song, but it was called the the Johnny Cash Project, and I think that's another one that's ongoing, where artists are able to upload, you know, recreate frames from the video. Um, the Johnny Cash Project's a little bit different because it's a uh, they like they're it's definitely like artists. It's not just people taking webcam shots of themselves. They're like recreating the frames with like, you know, with with paint and stuff, I believe. I think that's how that one works out. Yeah, we got to talk about the Johnny Cash one a little bit more because out of all of the the ones, <clears throat> you know, when we're talking about taking it to a next level of technical difficulty, um, I believe, you know, there are a few that are, that, that, that kind of excel in this area. And actually, the, the video that we're going to talk about later in the podcast with Ninian is really an example of a really technically difficult video to pull off like this. But the Johnny Cash Ain't No Grave one is is really interesting. You know, Johnny Cash, after, you know, his heyday in, you know, in the early years, really at a period where he was not anywhere near the image that he is right now. Right now he's kind of portrayed as this original American badass, you know, the kind of the, the lone wolf guy. And there was a time, you know, in the 70s and 80s where he was – you know, he was doing a lot of like religious gospel music and putting out just really goofy albums with really goofy titles until Rick Rubin, you know, uh, famous producer, Beastie Boys, Dixie Chicks, all sorts of great music came and, you know, reimagined him, you know, re- recording, you know, acoustic versions of these songs like Nine Inch Nails. What's the song? Hurt. Um, that famous, you know, that famous version and that famous music video. So, uh, you know, this is kind of one piece of this really massive project to connect 
you know everybody, including um, you know younger fans, to Johnny Cash. And I think this is a great example because as you as you mentioned, they're actually not painting, uh, you know, physically painting things. It's really neat the way it works. Is you go in and you can choose a frame, and then you paint you paint over it in the in the actual program. And you go on this website, and you can actually choose to watch the music video based on certain criteria. So you can go through, and you can say, "I I want to watch the video um, based on, you know, the highest. Give me the most frames you have, or give me the the, the ones that the director Chris Melk uh, uh, has curated and, and selected, or give me the ones that are most realistic, or the most sketchy, or the most recent. Um, it's really an ongoing thing. And uh, it's it's an, an, a thing to note about that video and and most of these interactive videos that we've been talking to up until this point is that they're um they involve the fans a lot and the fans are really given a chance to be a part of this process and they can go back and watch it and they can maybe see themselves or um and you know it's got this kind of aesthetic this this fan involvement aesthetic to these videos um and i think that that's where i think that that's where the the idea of these fan contributed and, and fan-submitted videos c- came from. Now, I think that the terminology has been stretched lately, for better and for worse, um, especially when the term crowdsourced or fan-sourced gets into the realm of casting. Um, now, in, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have Josiah Wolf on the show, and uh, his he's in a band called Y, and, and Y, on their Facebook page, you know, announced... You know, that they're looking for fans to show up and be in the video. Any kind of people, young and old, grandmas to babies, you know, anyone can show up, be in this video to just dance around and be, and, and be funny and, and be funny in this video. And I think that that still is kind of cut from the same cloth, that original cloth of involving everybody. Um, and then I saw a Pitchfork article uh, for LP, who's a great rapper, producer, you know, put out one of the best hip-hop albums of the year, I think, um, looking to crowdsource his music video and uh he was looking for just women uh just ladies and also you had to send a picture first <laughs> so uh that doesn't that doesn't quite feel so crowdsourcingness like i think it, it loses some of it there he's just looking for like hot chicks to show up and be in his video it feels like not so much uh fans to show up and be a part of a project right there well, I think it's really interesting to, you know, when it comes to crowdsourcing for casting and crowdsourcing for materials, to think about why artists do this. And I think there's the obvious answer, right? That it is a way of engagement. So, you know, if you, you know, send in your Instagram picture, even if you just, you know, or you do something specific for a video and you send it to an artist and you're part of that, then you feel a part of that, obviously. But I think especially in terms of, you know, the, the like the Johnny Cash, you know, the Johnny Cash video, the YouTube version starts, I mean, it starts out with like a five minute documentary of people, you know, gushing about how much they love Johnny Cash. There's really this element of um, of being able to, for the first time, to really uh, dis- to have uh, fans do put forth some energy towards liking you and then you being able to display that and you being able to turn around and use that before i don't think there really was that possibility you could send in your it's like um the episode of the simpsons where marge paints a picture of ringo it's sort of a one-way thing uh there really hasn't before this have been a really good way for artists to use that energy that creative energy people have in that in be, uh, in being fans of their music 
and I think that you know the early on versions, the you know the bare naked ladies one and stuff. I think it was it was enough to just say, all right, we're going to involve fans and they're just going to dance around in front of their own homemade cameras, and that was going to be enough. I think that if an artist tried to do just that now. Um, you know, it would be cool of them to involve their fans in something that they're going to give a big stage to, but I don't think it would be quite as popular as the Bare Naked Ladies video uh, was at that time, and which is why I think Ninian's video um, is so great because he's taken, you know, a similar concept, fan footage on their cameras, and then he's really, you know, put quality, you know, editing and filmmaking behind it that wasn't there in the original you know, versions of the takes. I mean, he's, you know, he did something with, with his video that, you know, the, the uh, people who sent in the footage could have never imagined it came, came out. Like, the Bare Naked Ladies is pretty close to what the people shot. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. They're basically just editing it together. And, and you know, that brings us to one type of these videos that we didn't mention and we should mention quickly is the uh, video where you are doing this sort of thing where you're asking people to film things, but you're asking them to do very specific things. And I think, um, you know, since we'll talk about Ninian's inter- one in the interview, we could talk about the Dave Matthews Band video for Mercy, directed by James Frost, which just came out in late August. And, uh, you know, you watch that video, and there's a lot going on there. There are s- movements where, you know, there's one where... Uh, there's you know there's a bunch of boxes with different people and then you know they lift up in their respective pictures a picture of an eye and you know it goes through the frames of all these different videos shot at different times so there there was a coordinated effort it wasn't just hey you know you film yourself doing air guitar to this bare naked ladies song it was okay we need you to take your eye frame and, you know, lift it up like so and, you know, do this movement, do that movement. And because we have a master plan and your piece is fitting into it. It's sort of like the Johnny Cash project, but in a, in a live format. Yeah. And that, and that Dave Matthews band, they also asked apparently for a lot of mouths because there's a lot of mouth close ups in that video. <laughs> there's a lot of mouth close ups. Actually, we should mention we're recording, recording this on, on Tuesday, September 25th. And Dave Matthews band today released. Something I've never seen before. They released a version of that video that appears to be the exact same version of the video, but just some titles at the beginning telling people to go vote. Really odd. <laughs> <laughs> really? It's like yeah, it's like National like Voter Registration Day or something like that. It Whether, is. It is something, right? Yeah, and they and it's weird because it's on the Dave Matthews official <laughs> account, but there's like no. Like description, it just says no description given, and <laughs> and it's just that exact same video with just with just a title at the beginning, with just like hey go vote, and it's go the same thing. Things. It just and there's like 500 views on it, um, but of course, <laughs> well that that'll change. Yeah, it's, it's the first day, but um, that's really funny. Uh, we'll put that one on the site instead. <laughs> yeah, and then and then there's a little annotation to say go to this website to register to vote. So. Um, all right. Well, uh, yeah, that that one is good. That one involves a little bit, but still, uh, and that's how that's how and you'll hear in, in the interview. That's how Ninian's video worked as well. Um, the what'll it take video? He had a a very specific example of what he was looking for um, in in the fan submitted content, and then he cut that together in a very outstanding. I mean. Uh, Check it out first. If, if check that video out bef- first before 
before listening to the Nitty interview, I would recommend. And we'll mention that video is What'll It Take by Graham Coxon. And, um, you know, we should, uh, this is, seems like a good point. We've been talking in the interview so much. We should just play it. People are, people are weighing. They're, they're saying, you're talking about an interview we haven't even heard. So just play the interview so we could, so we could get some context. I think that's what we'll do. Um, and so I, I, without any further ado, I present to you our first um, Across the Atlantic interview with Mr. Ninian Doff. I'm a music video director uh, from Scotland, but working and living in London. And yeah, I make music videos and sort of odd short films and comedy-ish things around there and weird animations. But music videos is my main thing. And, you know, music video directors, when they first are making music videos, usually they, uh, you know, it's with an artist with that either know or are in the same area as them. And your first video for Fulton Lights, Sideways Glances and Coded Speech was for an artist who was in the U.S. How did that uh, come about? And, and was that a challenge for your first music video to work with someone you've never met? Yeah, yeah. Good research hunting that one down. The... Um... I what happened was I'd made a video called a, a weird little video called The Beast of Dance which was about 30 seconds long and it was just used lots of limbs that were looping to sort of extend people's arms and legs which then I sort of always wanted to do more with and then did reuse in the Graham Coxon video but that video was made a while back and the guy from the Fulton Lights saw it through a blog and he just sent a message saying oh I thought it was really cool exactly at the time when I was like oh I really want to I don't know any musicians, but I want to make a music video. And so I clicked his MySpace and his stuff was amazing. And so, like, it was total magic of the internet thing. Why well, I emailed him back being like, can I make a music video for you, for myself, for you, if you know what I mean. And um, <laughs> and that was it. And we've still never met. So we then, we've done two videos now and sort of emailed a lot um, and kind of helped each other both out, I think. But we still haven't met. But it was as easy as that. And then, I mean, what's kind of good about that always is, well, ideally, and he definitely, Andrew, who, who is Fulton Lights, was on board with this, was it was sort of like, because I just said, oh, can I make a music video? Providing he liked the idea, then I had pretty free reign to just make a video for myself that I really liked. And he was like, great, I get a music video out of this because some weird guy in London's <laughs> doing all this work. <laughs> and I think that's sort of, yeah, that's the ideal when you're, just approaching people like that, saying, can I do all the work? What you want to get out of it, I guess, is complete free reign, which he totally gave, which was amazing. And the, and the purpose behind trying to you know, get, get a music video made, was that just a way to try to break into the whole music video industry to try to get some you know, paid, paid work after that? Or, or was it just yeah. like a hard one more to explore? At that stage, I mean, for that video, it was, it was I was working as an I was working in editing and motion graphics as like my main job. Um, actually, like contracted, so sort of nine to five, and making a lot of different stuff in my evenings and weekends. And so that was definitely, I think, me wanting to begin the road to getting somewhere and make making music videos and working out how to do that, as opposed to me being like, I'm going to make this one and sort of set the world on fire. This is my calling card. It was literally the first music video 
I made really for someone who was a real musician. So it was just, um, it was like, let me try and do this. <laughs> I wonder if I can. Uh, it was very much the first video, yeah. And after you made that video, there's um, you know, there's a bit of uh, a, a gap in your music video. Where I, I wouldn't say a gap, but it goes from 2008 to you know to 2011 or so. Well, well, after you made the first Fulton Lights video, you know what uh, you know what was next next <laughs> what for was you? I doing? Yeah, yeah. What, what was what was going on? Um, yeah, well, I think that's like I said. I was I was working as a sort of an editor in graphics, and then kind of out of interest was like, oh, you know what, I really want to make a music video and sort of work that out. But at that stage, it wasn't like, I mean, I'm always very ambitious, but it wasn't sort of part of any grand scheme or process. It was really almost like for myself to learn and to try and do some kind of strange ideas that floating around my head. So I guess after that, what happened was, I think I sort of made some more short films and I did more work in editing and graphics. And probably, I think I did that job for, you know, uh, still for a while whilst I was making other things. And then, you know, it's kind of like I made that video, but then didn't immediately sort of um, become uh, like there was like a holy light didn't shine out of me and I didn't become a music video director. It was sort of like the very beginning of me being like working it out and then making other stuff and then always being like, God, that just like making music videos sort of brings together exactly and perfectly everything that my brain loves doing in film which sort of other areas don't so then i uh i sort of then came back with a vengeance and like made it my total focus and aim and made it everything i was going to be making and sort of i say 2011 was like the year of the music video if you know what i mean and you mentioned working as you know in, in graphics and and in editing, and, and you talk about how music videos are you know somewhere where you're you're you allow your brain to do everything it wants. Is is motion graphics one of those things? Because it's definitely something that appears a lot in a lot of your videos. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, it's it's. I think you basically it, the route that I took because I've always been making films, and I sort of. Um, in a way, I don't know, I say this without sort of sounding pompous, but basically I just found <laughs> I was good at editing and graphics. Do you know what I mean? Like I was always directing, I was making stuff, and then I sort of was like, oh, I can I can sort of do this and got work in that. Um, and so you never plan that route. I wouldn't have been like, oh, I'm going to work as an editor, I'm going to do graphics, and then I'm going to sort of dip in that and then veer away from that. But on reflection, I'm so happy with how that route went because it sort of, it meant I learned a whole craft on the side, which meant I sort of, I mean, the great thing now about technology and about where motion graphics is at is you, it used to be a sort of like, you needed a production house with 30 people to achieve your, your, your idea. And then the way it's gone sort of in the last five, 10 years, now you can achieve your idea yourself on your computer. And so that's what that suddenly felt like. I, I, I veered off this path, which meant I learned all the skills that meant I could come up with anything in my head and then make it. So it's actually became an amazing route to becoming a director, although not the planned route. You know what I mean? Well, I wanted to ask you about the uh, uh, staring out the window um, for Fulton Lights video um, from 2011, because it seems like, you know, on the motion graphics side, a lot of the effects in your videos are things that are definitely not commonplace at all that, you know, may 
take some time to work out, you know, how are we actually going to achieve this. And for the staring out your window video, um, for anybody who is interested in birds in the park, they'll enjoy this. There's, you know, birds with human arms, um, which is definitely not a uh, an effect you see um, commonly at all. I was wondering what the yeah, process... Yeah, um, I was wondering what the process is like for um, for doing that, both on you know filming the birds pro- um, process and getting humans to flap their you know move their arms to make it make sense. Yeah, I mean, I think a big thing that I really enjoy about graphics, which I feel like is maybe something I do slightly differently, is I think also having actually worked sort of in graphics, so much stuff to do with them post-production motion graphics gets incredibly planned quite rightly really because of how it works but it often means that things lose a lot of spontaneity or are very sort of cold incredibly slick but sort of leave you not feeling much and I always felt a bit a bit distant from a lot of graphic stuff that I was meant to find amazing everyone was like isn't this incredible and I sort of see some vector ink swirls and sort of not think much of them so for me, I always try and work out a way that you can do really post-heavy ideas, but with the full sort of freedom and mess. And I always like to say that I sort of feel more like when you make a collage with paper and glue and you just sort of throw things at it to try and keep that approach, even though you're working with computers. So in the case of the Crow one, rather than sort of tying yourself up with pre-planning, instead it was quite loose in that I just went to the park with a cameraman and we shot for about four hours any crows while I was flinging bits of bread at them. And then I cut <laughs> that together, um, which turned out, in a little side story on crows, they're just like hyper-intelligent, way smarter than any other bird. So you throw bits of bread and all the pigeons and seagulls would come down to eat it. And the crows just like, they knew, they knew we were filming. They wouldn't, and I, had a, I was trying to get crows to walk in front of a green screen and they would not go. I had like cake laid out. I had... <laughs> supermarket got like a platter of bird heaven they were just like no way whatever that square is it's a trap and all the other birds would run around in front of it but anyway so we <laughs> i edited together um sort of as in what have you got what are the best bits and then sort of even then instead of them breaking that down and making a sort of an actor match every single precise body movement i still sort of was like well this guy's the lead singer this guy's the drummer and I got a friend of mine who I work with a lot, who's, who who's, I knew would do a great embody crow's arm somehow, and had him in front of the green screen. But then it was still like, although I sort of matched key angles, I more or less just got him on profile, three quarters, head on, and just in those different angles was like, I'll just do what, do what you want to do. Be a rock star, be a drummer, which, again, just meant he had loads of fun. So it wasn't all stilted, it wasn't angled up. And then sort of everything, I mean, I say touch wood because it's probably going to be my downfall in the end, but it all always sort of lines up, but it keeps then energy and interest and sort of spontaneity because the, the arms came from someone who just was dancing. They weren't sort of strapped into position and told to exactly move their arm to some beat. And the crows were just running around. And so I think if you can work out a way to make graphics have that much loose fun then hopefully it sort of manages to stay despite going through so much computer sort of trickery afterwards. 
Yeah, I mean, it, and the effects really, really work. So, that, which I think is is why it's such a you know a popular video. I think um, the Daniels shortlisted it. I think Doug can. Uh, is that the one they shortlisted Doug on the on the their kind of favorites on YouTube um, video? It was Vimeo favorites list that of of the Daniels that we saw your video on, not YouTube. I had I, ne- I had no idea they did that. That's uh they're like the music video fanboy in me is really pleased with that. That's cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I know. We and we uh, we we saw it on that list, and, and it's it's just um, and I was wondering why crows because you mentioned they they kind of didn't want to. It feels like they didn't yeah, want to be on screen. I know, I know. Which and at the same time, it could like this sounds like a ridiculous thing to say, but it could only be crows. Um, <laughs> the idea came. I was in this park. Um, I, I was in this park watching crows and i saw it's i don't know i mean an 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 expert in birds will tell me why but they walk very differently to the other birds sort of where pigeons bop back and forward and other things crows actually swagger as if they have it feels like they have shoulder blades and the moment i realized this in the park that they really rock back and forth and you can you can almost see exactly where arms should be and therefore i started laughing in the park because i suddenly was like because they always seem so angry and I was like oh my god they're so pissed off because they just the whole body is built for arms and you could see the I was like I felt like they were degrading themselves by using their mouth like they were like ah oh, ah oh, like having to eat cake with their mouth is so humiliating because they've got <laughs> they walk like they're meant to have arms and in the moment I had the idea I was laughing and I, I even wrote it as a short film first of all it was like a detective like a film noir only involving crows running around with like guns and stuff like that um and I, that just time I got shelved but then when Fulton Lights got in touch saying, Fulton Lights is, is Andrew Spencer Goldman, is, is his name, sort of Fulton Lights is his music. Um, he got in touch with his new EP and was like, oh, maybe, maybe you want to make a video. That was exactly as I was, I had this, I was trying to write a short film involving Crows with Arms. And then that same day I was watching, I don't know how I got onto it, in some sort of YouTube spiral. It was old videos of Tom Jones doing um, like, 60s pop tv performances and he was in the sharp shoot suit and he was like just doing really overpronounced like arm lunges and little points to camera and it was so 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 sort of non-ironic and just lovely like <laughs> just how fun back then and i was like oh i love i love that in a music video but you sort of couldn't you couldn't do that anymore without it being like a pastiche or irony and all this and then somehow my brain two synapses clicked together i was like the crows can be tom jones and then i can make a video like <laughs> And I can make it to uh, Fulton Lights' song. And it was like the universe coincided that morning. To go back to something you said before, because it really kind of struck me um, about when you were talking about like a, a post, you know, something that's clearly post heavy, but, you know, keeping that that kind of spon- spontaneous mess in there. And, 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 you know, immediately that what will it take video uh, from Graham Coxon comes to mind. Um, and I'm wondering if you could kind of just kind of explain, you know, the... How, where that video came from and where all of that footage came from that was used in that video. Yeah, so what the what let take was um there was a there was a brief that came from the label who I guess the so, the song keeps repeating what let take to make you people dance. And so they sort of were like I mean the brief essentially was like well, we're interested in crowdsourcing. Uh to which initially my heart like I sort of turned me off because I was like there's been a million crowdsourced things and there's been some amazing crowdsourced music videos, some not so amazing, but also some like that one with the sort of all the webcams in a grid where everyone connects over the world and <laughs> a couple of things like that. And um, I sort of was like, I don't really want to make a crowdsourced video because that's sort of been 
beaten. And then as I was having that thought, I think still on the phone with the, with, with the label, I suddenly remembered that video that I mentioned at the start of this interview, the, this Beast of Dance video, where what I'd done was I'd filmed actually myself in the park and I'd stretched my arm out and then I'd taken a step to the right and stretched my arm out again, taken a step to the right and stretched my arm out again. And then in a completely not trying to hide or do slicksy GI or anything, I just cut out each arm so they sort of linked together as a stupidly long arm. And I suddenly thought of that and I... I think while I was still on the phone, I tried to explain this idea to them. I was like, oh, and, but, but if the arm and the body was all different fans, we could create a sort of a whole new human monster hybrid out of people. And, uh, <laughs> and then that very quickly spiraled into what it became. But um, it was also satisfying because it's always nice when you have an idea that you sort of half used and didn't know what to do with. And then it came back there. Um, and so then they were um, into that. Then... I, through the label that was sort of set up a call to arms and Graham Coxon's got a really passionate fan base. So I didn't know initially, I completely, I mean, I can say this now because this isn't what we did, but I was like totally prepared to film 20 of my friends on mobile phones and claim it was fan footage and make it, because <laughs> I was like, I don't know if anyone's going to do this. But we um, we went on the street and that's a sort of similar thing of trying to do stuff that's not, that's very loose, even though it's loads of post-production. So in that case, too, we had a, a really great dancer who kind of thought I was insane because I didn't want him to do amazing dancing. I sort of wanted him to do strange walks and spins and arm wobbles. But we filmed him on the street, shot the whole video just with him running down the street, spinning, jumping. And that was a guide edit where I was like, OK, this is the body that's going to get replaced by fan footage. And then I broke up his dance because I thought we can't ask people to do like three minutes of dancing. So I took sort of five key things he did where I was like, okay, this is his walk from the side. This is his walk head on. This is him jumping. This is him moving his arm. And I sort of realized those five things kept repeating throughout the whole video. So if I could get these five moves from as many people as possible, I could make his whole dance routine again out of different bits of limbs and different bits of body from people who submitted and sort of by using his body as a guide and tracking it, I, I could make a physical human and despite the footage and the location and the clothes all being totally different. And so then we put a sort of call to arms video that I think might still be online, literally an instructional video. Um, and the, and then the result was amazing. I think I've forgotten the exact figures now off the top of my head, but it was about 90 different people sent in the clips from like 22 different countries which was really exciting because I naively thought it'd be like the UK and America would be his whole fan base and it was like the first ones coming in were like Korea and Japan and Brazil and it was super it's a super global video um and just and so many clips it was amazing like I, I made sure anyone who made the effort I really wanted them to be in it and I think I think everyone's in it the worst there was one video that was nearly shot all at night and was unusable so I just clicked <laughs> the end the whole all the limbs fly into a spinning ball in the sky and i just threw all the unusable all the un, unusable stuff just went into the ball in the sky so i was like if you pause it somewhere in there you're in that crazy ball in the sky so now, hopefully somewhere are you now a believer in crowdsourced videos after after this it seems like you 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 were turned around yeah yeah i mean i i sort of can't think i don't think i'd ever make another one because i what i was really excited about was i was like oh wait here's a here is a crowdsourced idea that I haven't seen before. 
um, which is sort of all you should ever want to do when you make a video is, is, is work out something you haven't seen before. Um, and so I sort of jumped at that chance and did it. But now I, yeah, I mean, the response was amazing and they all did it and it worked beautifully. So, yeah, in my particular case, it was a success story. Everyone worked. Yeah, it's 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 uh, funny you get so many responses because because of the instructions involved. It was sort of like a, here now do this particular little dance. Um, when you when you broke it up into pieces, did were people able to choose like I, I can do this section or or that section, or did they have to do? Uh, were they assigned something? Everyone did everything. Everyone who submitted their clips did the lot. Oh wow! And okay. I think I think weirdly that was its. And I, I sort of, it's more, it's a bit in retrospect that I congratulate myself on this rather than being in my big master plan. But I think that's weirdly was it success. Because if you just say to someone, oh, we just want you to like dance really fun in front of a camera, like for most people that just makes them want to die inside. Like that's awful <laughs> to just be like film you dancing. Where if you say to someone, do this weird, and like it's not just walk down the street, it's like trying, it's sort of Basil Fawlty style walk. It's like do this really weird walk and then do a jump and then wiggle your arms. And then it's like you've sort of, um, you've given them an excuse to act like you're not, you're not judging them as dancers anymore. You're just saying, can you do these five specific instructions? And I think that's what made everyone be like, oh, this is fun and I can film it. And I obviously look a bit silly because I'm doing it as opposed to I'm sort of exposing myself in any way. So I actually think. If there were loads of instructions, it would have been wouldn't have worked. But these five simple instructions, I think, are what made it work because everyone was like, "Oh, cool! I can go out to the park with a list of papers saying this is what I have to do, and and I can do it." And what was really funny was some people clearly did it in their office or in the bedroom on a phone, which is why it's expected. <laughs> the worst about like sent in beautiful 5D footage with like really shallow depth of field and like different locations and like cost like the most beautiful like better shot than the video shot, amazing footage. And I was like, oh, sorry about that. I'm going like, to, you appear for three seconds with just <laughs> onto like footage that was shot on a terrible phone. Like, I hope they weren't too upset about that. <laughs> well, um, I also wanted, we really wanted to ask you about the uh, Rich Fulcher's 10 Steps to Becoming a Music Video Director video. Um, because as, you know, people who are, who, you know, um, interact a lot with music video directors we found this very extremely hilarious um and it was uh, for the uk music video award ceremony from 2010 um and you directed it it was written by by rich fulcher who people may know from that mighty um mighty boosh or bosh doug uh, mighty boosh, yeah. yeah okay sorry <laughs> i always get that mixed up and fr- <laughs> make, you know, friends make fun of me um so i was wondering how did how did you become in- involved in this project whose idea was it um it was his his idea he got on top we'd made i'd made a sort of actually even earlier than sideways glances and it's not something i'm super excited about so you don't we don't need to link to it but i made an <laughs> earlier music video again right at the start actually it was it was part of a it was part of a really good scheme that i think probably in the current economy doesn't exist anymore but it was a bbc new music scheme where they'd allow people who would want to be music video directors they basically give them a budget and sort of allow them to make an alternative alternative music video to several tracks and I, through that, I guess because it had sort of the BBC attached to it, was ma- had managed to get in touch with him, and he agreed to do the video, and he was in this. Um, and it's sort of it's sort of way too ambitious and 
flawed, but <laughs> I've seen it. it. I like it actually. I, it's. I mean, it's 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 now like I don't know, five years old or something. It's <laughs> it's, it's you know you always you always cringe when you see the older the older stuff gets the more you cringe when you watch it. But um, yeah, he was in that and he was amazing to work with. He was really fun. We got along really well. He totally went for it. Um, and then I guess that was just sort of it. And then I think it's because it was music video. He was asked to host the music video awards. And I think his brain was like, music videos. I know a music video guy. And he sort of clicked and sent me an email out of the blue. Um, exactly, exactly the same week that I'd quit. I'd actually quit the day job. So sort of end of 2010, I was like, okay, like, uh, I quit my job as an editor in graphics to go and be like, I'm going to make music videos now. And he sent me an email that week being like, hey, do you want to make this short film for the Music Video Awards? So it was really like, ah, this is, like, <laughs> this is amazing. This is exactly the email I needed to receive. Um, and it was like, like you, yeah, he, he wrote this script, which was, I think, had about 20 different locations in it. And it was <laughs> just an insane. And um, we had five, five days to pull the awards. So I sort of re-tinkered it so we could shoot it all in one building. Um, but it's his writing, his jokes, and I don't know how much experience he has in the music video world, but he must know some music video directors because he got every anxiety and sort of bullshit quirk of music videos down to a T. It's uh, right down to the, the sort of shameful euphoria of getting 100 views and going mental like you were a winner at the end. But um, it's his jokes, and he was, and then he was a joy to direct, like with so much fun, and we sort of, keep vaguely talking about making another thing together and i really hope we do because he's he's a super funny man that'd be fantastic if, if you would because yeah the the it just seems like um you guys had a ton of fun making this and i just lost it at the what that the moment where it goes to 100 views and on the <laughs> and on the youtube page like the two comments are like three weeks old um it's uh there's just so many like little little things that you, you guys got so well with the music video directors I think at that stage in my career, the 100 views euphoria was a bit too autobiographical. I think that was <laughs> just my life. Um, yeah, you should. I, I, Doug and I are both in favor of 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 a, of a part two to this for an, okay, another upcoming it. UK Music Video Awards um, ceremony. <laughs> um, and and we are also wondering how we can get on your um, uh, uh, New Year's. Uh, Ninny and Dolph Corporation email list as well. You'll get you'll get the next card. Yeah. Uh, no, that's awesome. Um, so I read. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say if people are wondering what that refers to, if they if they go to the news page of my website, they'll see my um, incredibly professional New Year's card, which uh, yeah made me look very very slick. <laughs> And I read on you know your Tumblr that uh, somebody had said of you that everything you do is about limbs. Then I went back and looked through your catalog, and I was like, you know, they're sort of right, except for a few um, specific examples. But um, is there something specific about the you know manipulating limbs and the kind of the weirdness of limbs that that draws you into using them in motion graphics? I mean, I mean, like the answer is no and yes because because quite. I mean, knowing that nothing consciously, I don't, I'm not like, ah, my craft is to explore limbs. I just come up with ideas. And then it's like my, my best friend, who's a, he's a, 
very smart designer, so I guess he sort of can be more analytical about it. He he told me this. He was like, everything you do is about limbs. And I mean, it was like, come on, what a ridiculous blanket statement. And then looked at my videos and was like, oh, my God, he's right. This is <laughs> like, I need therapy. This is insane. And that was before, I think that was after the first Graham Coxon video. And then I just came up with ideas. I went on with life. And then he was like, what are you up to? And I said, oh, I'm making another video for Graham Coxon. He was like, oh, is it all about limbs? And I was like, nah, nah, it's not about limbs at all. And then I looked down at my storyboards and it was like clothes, like flapping about and looping. And it was all about, <laughs> it's just all about <laughs> legs and arms. And I hadn't realized I had no idea. Now, of course, I'm, all, I'm sort of over it. I'm like, okay, I, I have some very strange psychological issue with limbs, clearly. Yeah. You're just you're just embracing it because yeah, Adam Adam limited it to your motion graphics stuff, but even um, uh, even the the no handed bike music yeah. video, yeah, which yeah. isn't isn't uh motion graphics heavy at all, uh, explores yeah. the world of limbs very much. Is that did that was there a uh, a reason why you didn't really get into too much motion graphics stuff into that video, or was it just an idea that kind of came naturally and you wanted to do? It was it no, it was it really was. So the the Fulton Lights video you mentioned with the crows, that was really done as a, uh, unlike the first Fulton Lights video where it was sort of quite for me and I was like, oh, let me see and do it. Second one was, I'm like, to be fully honest, was done very tactically as a, as a, as a, I want to make, I want people to pay attention sort of video. And I was like, oh, this, this will be cool. And I've not seen this before. And I want to make music videos. So that was because of that. And only for that reason, because I did all the post on it, that was literally months of work. <laughs> it was just, it became stupid. And I was sitting up at 4 a.m. gluing arms onto crows in post and going, <laughs> I mean, just spiraling so deep into the madness. Like, it took so much long, longer than it should have. I'm a complete optimist when it comes to post-production. I always think everything is a tiny bit of work, and it's always huge. And then I sort of reached the point where I was like, if if I've done this much work, imagine someone paused the video at any stage and saw one crow that I hadn't bothered putting arms on. So then I went through it all again. I was like, every single crow, even if they're like one millimeter in the distance, needs to have a one millimeter <laughs> on it. Because I just was haunted by like, I was like, if you've done this much work, you don't do a half fast job. So it was just ridiculous. And then it got finished. And then it was about. It was only about a month later. Um, Martin Brooks, who's in London, and um, I really like his music. He had this song that I thought was just super fun and summery. And I had this bike idea, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm going to make a video that um, involves no post production." And, it was, uh, and so it was made really as a reaction to that. And it came out about a month after. And it, I, in typical style, of course, the moment I shot it, I then started stabilizing a bit more, and then I got really into the typography, and it stretched out. I was like, I'm going to turn it around in a day, and instead it took like a week to turn around, which was still just so fun, so amazing, and then really hilariously, it got as good a response as the thing I'd spent four months working on, so it was, sort of, it was quite an interesting thing to say to me, like, effort doesn't automatically equal, you know what I mean? You can do something in a week, and it can be as wonderful as something you spent four months on. And um, I wonder if that ties into the the last video we wanted to ask you about, which is the JJ Doom Governor video, um, because it's some it's it's not it's a it's a subtle effect in that you know if you just see a screenshot, we had a, a giant screenshot of on the front page of the site for for a few days, and I, I you know if you just look at it, 
um, it's not immediately apparent that there's any sort of uh, um, special effects work there with the, with the split screen, and it's a really interesting uh, uh, effect that I've, I've never seen done before. So I was wondering if you, you could explain to us how, what that effect is and how that worked, that split screen effect. Yeah, um, it sort of came kind of organically from various different tests. It where I, I, I mean, the, I think I think the last thing I wanted to do was make a split screen video, which is a strange thing to say because obviously it is in that world. But again, a bit like um, a bit like my hesitation to crowdsourcing, you know, again, split screen is something I've seen a lot of and I've seen some amazing videos that used it. And I think for me, and for I suppose everyone who's making good video videos they want to be proud of, I think you always sort of ask yourself, like, what, what can I point to in this video that I've never seen before? Do you know what I mean? What's never been done? And so I didn't, I wouldn't, you know, I wasn't interested in just making a mirrored split screen video or something like that. But it, I had an earlier idea that was two narratives that sort of overlapped and intertwined, but were joined by one, by the lead character being in the foreground the whole time and the face connecting the two narratives. Uh, and so I sort of shot a test working that out and thought, and was so intrigued by connecting a head like that. Um, and then, so when the Doom track came, I think with him, the whole thing is, for him especially, I mean, a lot for hip-hop, but definitely for MF Doom, people are really kind of very obsessed with him, and very obsessed with his lyrics and his flow, and you sort of just want to stare at him and pay attention to his words and hang on to them. And so then I started having real ideas that's anchored around him, and that sort of brought back this idea of shooting two different sides of, two different takes of everything, but always having his head perfectly connect in the two worlds. So, for instance, on one take, the camera pans down low, and in the other take, the camera pans up high. But because I always had him look into camera, regardless of where the camera was, his head in the middle stays joined, even though the perspective on one side of the screen is completely alternate on his body to the other side. Um, and, uh, and then I just sort of wrote down, I wanted to try and come up with every idea I could within that world, because it's... A, to make a completely technique-driven video was a bit scary to me because there's no sort of narrative or there's nothing. But that also totally seemed to work with him and his track. But then I was like, if I'm going to do that, I don't want to just repeat the one thing for two minutes. I want to, every time I do, every shot that we get, I don't want to just keep repeating the same thing. I want to show a different way that you can mess with it. So you can change the camera angle or he can not be walking on one side or he can be in reverse on one side and forward in the other or he can be inside on one side and outside on the other. But basically, use one, make it once any video, but never repeat the technique ever at any stage through it. Um, and there were actually loads more ideas, and some that just didn't work at all, <laughs> and some that didn't didn't make into the edit. But um, uh, yeah, I think I sort of rambled so much I lost track of the question. But <laughs> no, no, that that uh, that answers my question about the. Um about you know what the effect is actually made of because it's such a you know like you mentioned there are a lot of great split that's sort of like a trope kind of in music videos the split screen but um the whole mechanics and the visuals that you create in that video are really unique really interesting yeah and sometimes i read on a blog or something someone will be like oh really clever mirrored split screen video and i like um, i like want to scream where i'm like oh, <laughs> it would have been so easy to make to make it mirrored I was like, I, you know, had to pull my hair out because the whole point was we were t we were doing that and not mirroring it and making it sort of, yeah, really complicated things. I mean, on a technical level, what we did was he was always looking to camera and then 
in post we stabilized everything to his face um so that i could join these two takes together regardless of what was happening in scale or rotation or anything and then sort of resized everything again once once they'd been stabilized like that it was sort of and a do- strange roundabout way of doing it Doom seems to be like the ideal uh, artist for this too, with with the you know with the trademark mask being there and, and kind of being as like a really stable guide in order in order for do that was was the mask more like was that able to kind of help you out in in the t- technique there? Yeah, I think I think that really helped that more. If it had been a human face, I think it would have got so distracting to see quite how because because what's great about it is his mask is solid metal, but it sort of warps and distorts and buckles even though it's a solid thing, so that's really nice. And I think if it had been a human face, it would have been, I mean, it would also have been cool, but uh, it would have been also quite distracting because you'd see the sort of skin and head morphing and breaking. I mean, actually, originally there was meant to be a person in it as well, so that, that just through the nature of the shoot got lost. Um, it still would have been cool, but I think the mask, I mean, J.J. Doom's presence and look is like, is like a gift. Like, I remember when I was looking at the rushes, I was like, I wish I'd come up with the idea that he looked like this, but that's him. You know what I mean? Like, that's so incredible about the opening shot. That's just his, that's just his myth and his character. Now, before we let you go, I wanted to take advantage of the fact that you are first, um, you know, actually outside of the U.S. and Canada, a guest on the podcast and ask, you know, we're, we're pretty familiar with what um, the music video community is like in, you know, New York and L.A. and, and Toronto and Miami. Um, what is it like in uh, London? Are there a lot of working music video directors and, and are you guys a, a cohesive community or is there a lot of independent people? It's a big. I mean, it's. I'd say it's really strong, really good. Um, I'm saying I'm. I'm talking from London because that's where I work. I'm not sure about other cities, but um, there's a, a lot of there's a lot of really really good talent here, and some really good companies who are sort of a focused at making interesting and weird and different videos. Um, and I mean, certainly directors you'll know who all who are great working here. And then in terms of it as a community, I think it's an I think it is a community in the sense that everyone, every name of everyone who's making music videos probably all sort of know each other. And I think for some people, there's a big crossover and a big social world. And um, I think it's super healthy. I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of really, really good stuff happening coming out here. That was Nini and Dov. That was. Are you, are you sure that was him? Uh, as far as I know, I wrote him an email. He gave us contact. I guess and we, we made contact. We don't really have any way to know. No, I was I, I, I was always afraid of that though. That somebody was just that was somebody was just faking us out. That it wasn't really them. Hmm. I don't think it's happened yet. Nobody's nobody's called us out. Uh, like a fake like. Uh, uh, it's interesting. Speaking of fake outs, have you ever heard Ninian directed a video for JJ Doom, which features uh, the rapper Doom, once known as MF Doom, uh, and and he sends imposters all the time. So if we ever if we ever tried to book him for an interview, which would be very unlikely, uh, because he he doesn't do interviews too often, maybe he would send an imposter, which would be crazy. Well, it's important to mention that he has a mask. 
it's which it's makes it a little bit do. easier, right? Yeah, it's harder to send an imposter if you're like <laughs> if you're just a guy. <laughs> yeah, if it was like me and I, and some and somebody was like, I have to meet with you, and I sent like. I don't know, a Jamaican guy or something like that. Then anyone else. I mean, anyone else. It wouldn't even have to be like it could be someone with your exact race and age and specifications, but it'd still be like, you're not Adam. You're some other white guy. Unless it was like, unless I was the only, you know, web developer that was like known for wearing a mask often. Uh, I mean, you could kind of, you could start that whenever. Mm, I could start it. Maybe I will. Just get into that game. Get into that mask game. It'll, it'll get hot and uncomfortable, but I'm sure you get used to it. Especially because it's just me and my dog here. <laughs> right. Right. And you could just... You could, we need to stop this. Uh, <laughs> look out this for the mask. Adam for. potentially wearing Adam potentially wearing a mask. If you ever show up to his house and he's got a mask on, now you know why. A good question is... Are... Are fan sourced or yeah, fan sourced videos good? Objectively good. I don't know if you could you could say that, but are they any good? I think that they're definitely um there's other purposes they serve, you know what I mean? If you're asking a bunch of fans to tag a, uh, your Instagram photos with a designed hashtag and, you know, a bunch of people do that, and, or on Twitter and you're a trending topic or something like that, you're able to have trackable, um, you know, more stuff, more wins, different kinds of wins. And so um, I think we'll keep seeing them for that purpose, whether or not they're good videos. I mean, I think that, that Ninian's video is, is excellent. And I think that that, if, if you do some creative stuff with them, uh, then they, they could still keep on living. I don't know if I like the, I don't know how much I like the the Dave Matthews Mercy one. I feel like that, although it's a it's asking the fans to do a little bit more. I think it's cut more from that bare naked ladies cloth that I think is a little bit old school. I don't know if I like anything Dave Matthews band does, honestly. Uh, that sounds like a problem. That sounds like a personal problem, but I don't. I don't think that. Like whatever. I think that that video is cool. I think that it's cool for a big band like Dave Matthews Band to put their fans in a video. Like I, I think that's cool. I'm cool with that. Like, hey, thanks for doing that, Dave Matthews Band. But uh, it, like, I don't think it's a, a, a really great video. The What Will It Take video is a gr- like is a video that I show people like check out this cool video, and I don't even need to preface like, oh yeah, by the way, all this footage was fan sent in footage. Like, you don't even need to say that. It's just a good video. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Actually, that's one video where the the fact that it's fan sent in footage is not like integral to the whole thing. It doesn't really matter that much. Well, it was a big part of the production process. I mean, a lot of that footage is fan submitted, and a lot of what is achieved in the end is helped by the fact that it was fan submitted footage, grainy footage, in a variety of spaces and the snow in 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 different settings. It's just it doesn't lean on the fact that it's fan submitted footage. That's just one one tool, one artistic tool that they use. You know what makes it a great video is because it's you know the the motion graphics and concept are just great. You know what I mean? That's what ultimately makes that a great video. So if you're able to bring in you know other great elements into the situation, into the story, um, into the video, then you can still make a great video. But you can't simply lean on fan footage and say this is going to be a good video because we put our fans in it. What if our fans are all ugly? 
Then it's even worse. Then it's an even worse video. No, then it's way better. Then it's absolutely better. But if you have like just a bunch of hot fans and all you're doing is putting them in your video, boring. You know what's not boring? What's not boring? Fix of the week. Mmm. So true. Fix of the week are not boring. Do you have one ready in canon? I do not, no. Uh, I've got one. It came out today. Oh, that one that you're in love with, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm, if I'm in love with it. I just wanted you to help me make sure that it was definitely going to be on the site. Because my pick of the week is by a band called Citizens! Exclamation point. Maybe it's just Citizens. Maybe it's just Citizens! Uh, it's a band called <laughs> Citizens. And the song is, uh, the song is True Romance. Uh, and, the, and it's directed by a directing team, duo, I don't, I'm not really sure the numbers in this in this crew, uh, called We Are From L.A., which, ironically enough, I don't believe are actually from L.A. How funny is that? This video, it's called True Romance. It's a very fitting title because it involves people in really shitty situations, some dangerous, um, some just, like, horrible, like, being arrested, some, like, filthy and dirty, like, being in, like, a pile of trash, and they're just making out, just really going at it, making out hot and heavy style. Um, like the kind of making out that I never have or will do because it's just way too adult for me. Um, but uh, it's great video. I, I feel like that was a little personal for everybody to hear, to hear about. You're not but, cutting that out. No, no I never, I can't because it's part of the picks of the week. Picks of the week never get any editing. So um, that's my pick of the week. Citizens, true romance, Doug Langer pick of the week. Directed by We Are From LA. Oh boy. It's hot and heavy. There's some saliva in that video. That wasn't like, um. It wasn't like fake. Fake no, kissing. I think all, no, that was some real kissing. Some licking and, um. Yeah. They're making it happen. So for my pick of the week, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm taking a, a bag a little old school. It's one of my older favorite videos because I was on a little bit of a, a nostalgia trip this week because I don't know if you guys heard at the uh, iHeartRadio Music Festival, which has like tons of artists. You know these things, right? Where they like cram people in. Did you see the video of Green Day with their meltdown? No, I didn't see Green Day's meltdown. Really? They it very it reports vary on whether Green Day's set was actually cut. 45 minutes to 25 minutes, but Billy Joel Armstrong, Billy, <laughs> Billy Joel Armstrong, the, <laughs> uh, no, Billy Joe Armstrong just went nuts and just went on this whole rant because they're, you know, they have a sign saying one minute left and they smashed their guitars and everything. And I was like, well, I remember Green Day. And because I hadn't thought of them in a long time, I kind of lost track after the 2004, uh, one of my favorite albums, American Idiot. And uh, so I looked to see if what we had uh, for them on the site, and sure enough, uh, there we have quite quite a bit. I think we have their whole canon on the site there. That's a testament to Doug's Doug's completeness. Absolutely, I, I used to sing it outside of the portables in fifth grade. That's sing right, their, sing their songs. Um, so I was like, oh, I remember I kind of lost track of Green Day a little bit ever since uh, American Idiot, which is actually I love that album. Um, and the uh, American Idiot video is, is pretty good. But I wanted to, to go back. We don't always have to pick new picks for our picks of the week. So I'm going way back to 1994 with Basket Case, which, um, you know, I 
one of the things I love about the 90s is the video aesthetic that they had. Starting from about 1994, when this video came out, to 98-99, these just really saturated blues and greens and, and pinks, um, you know, just was was like the look for music videos back then. And this is one of the classic examples of that. Uh, Green Day is playing in a mental hospital. There's a bit of a One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest vibe going on. But, uh, and then you've got these other patients walking around with uh, really weird baby masks, uh, kind of a weird-looking non-sequitur, also a hallmark of 1990s videos. And this is one of my favorites to come out of the, that era. Just really, you know, Green Day is a, a big personality band. There are only there are three guys in each one, you know, carry a lot of the band's weight and personality, and uh, was really a great showcase for that. So... Uh, that is my pick of the week, Basket Case by Green Day, and that was directed by Mark Core, 1994. That's a great pick. I, I'm glad you picked an old school Green Day video. They they just dropped, they, they have already four music videos off of their new album, which I don't even think is out yet, or, or maybe it just came out. Just but, came out uh, on Tuesday, or today. Yeah, today, dropping four videos pre-album re- release. That's uh, I don't know what that's a sign of, but it should be a sign of something. Yeah, they are frequent collaborator, collaborators with uh, Samuel Bayer, which is a great director. They, they are, are um, they work he did, with, and he did two of the four. Of two the of the four, recently. and then he did a few. He did American Idiot and Jesus of Suburbia and Wake Me Up with Some Timberlands. He did a lot from that album, um, yeah. and worked with Mark Core a lot, a lot uh, early on. Yeah, yeah, the early on stuff is my favorite. That one, and um, uh, I really like Walking Contradiction was a really great video from mm, that was the yeah. 90s too. But yeah, uh, yeah, Green Day. If you if you want to walk down the memory lane of Green Day, we've got every one of their videos <laughs> on our website, so you could check them out. Ch- check them out. That's right. They're releasing a, 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 a album trilogy from now until January. Uno dos tres. I don't know mm. if it's Trey. Maybe Trey because they're Trey cool. But anyway, um, and if you're on Spotify, which I did last night, I, I just turned on Spotify and went through all their albums. Good uh, good walk down memory lane. Man, but, not um, as good as Filmed Insert because their music videos are a big part of them. I think I, I think they're a band that benefited heavily from MTV. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So um, let's let's watch their videos first. Filmed Insert first, then Spotify. The links will be right there. So just it'll lead you right to there. Um, so I believe that is it. That was uh, that was a great episode. If I don't say so myself, and you know we should and. Uh, uh, direct you to a few things on the site if you have a video to add to filmed insert mm-hmm. did you know that you can just go and add it We've i been, can yeah, yeah you can just go and add it just go to the site we've made it easy you know if you want to do the, the facebook log on uh then you can you, you can do that or you can just you know create put in your e- email and create a password and it'll just sign you know, right on up sign right on up easy Go in, um, you know, fill out the form. You can fill out as little as you want. All you, we really need is the artist and song name um, and preferably where it is on the web. You can do in-production videos. And what happens is we get an email saying, hey, somebody submitted a video. We just look it over to make sure everything looks good. And then we uh, moderate it and put it on the site. And so, then it's live 
for everyone to see. And it's live, live on the live on the site. This is a recent development. This has been in, in private beta for a while, so we're excited to get you guys out checking out, uh, looking at that. Um, and then we have all sorts of features on the site that you should check out when you when uh, you sign up. If you go to filmdinsight.com slash tour, that gives you a good overview. Um, make sure to follow us on uh, at filmedinsert and facebook.com slash filmedinsert. And uh, I will see you guys next week. See you guys. Bye. Check out all the new stuff. see that you don't want to you don't want to get messed up with some stuff like that you don't want to be a part of that